Welcome to Zero's Fucks Given. I'm Krista DeLuca. Joined with me today is Carson Block, head of Muddy Waters Capital, and Freddie Brick. How are you guys? Good. Good, thank you. Yeah, except you, I was still talking to you when you started the intro. I know, I just, it's better that way. And you did pluralize zero, you, zeros. Zero you said zeros fucks. Are you sure? Yeah, I caught it at the time. I don't, I think you're incorrect. You've but, only been uh, doing this for a little over a year. So, you know, you'll you'll get that intro down eventually. She didn't have the teleprompter this time. Yeah. I also, know, I don't like that. Yeah, I, I don't like when you do the teleprompter either. It's just, it's so, no it's so, it's so canned. Like. It's so forced and canned. Which camera's working today? Are they all working? Ah, you'll find out when the thing posts. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay, let's get into it today. Since we have so much to talk about. Um, should we talk about this wonderful Puber swag that you're wearing? Why, yes, we should. We finally got this. This is good who's quality gonna, stuff. Yeah. Who's um, going to... Who's going to explain what, who came up with that? Was it you or you? Freddie came up with Pooper. And then we enhanced the idea. So the the original idea was based around there being kind of great expense in putting bathrooms in, like relative to how much you use it in your house. And I think the very original idea was like, you have all these people who don't want to shit out like in a public toilet. So you could like find your kind of local poober and then you just turn up at the door and be like, yeah, I'm here to use your, uh, your poober. But then we kind of developed it further into like actual poober itself, which was a taxi or like a, an Uber. The would future of up. mobility. Yeah. And, and taking shits. Yeah. So a so, car would pull up. Yeah. yeah. Like towing a, like basically towing like a, a porta potty. Now, for like Puber Premium, it'd be you know nice mahogany yeah, panels they on have the some inside. Nice porter yeah. No, no, no. I mean like real, as though you're taking a dump at a five-star hotel. Right. Right. Like that. Like that would be the premium experience. Have and you then, ever been into one of those? A five-star hotel? Yeah, he's been into one. <laughs> I've, I've taken a few shits. I've taken a few shits at them too. Downstairs. I'm sure, I'm sure you have. Um. So so yeah, it's like to avoid the whole awkwardness of like using you know the public restroom that kind of smells or whatever and you know like that's yeah it's just a much better way of doing it and you can kill two birds with one stone because you can even take it to your next meeting as well now so that's so we've got that's the puber x version and the puber premium Mm -hmm. but then we also just the other day came up with puber pool oh so actually no we had a further improvement for puber premium um Mm. so the idea for puber premium was you were gonna we, we were discussing how in california they make it really difficult for you to use like a rainwater collection device so you can flush your toilet oh gray water gray water, gray water um, yeah. so you can flush the toilet instead of using like new uh clean water so uh we were like yeah for puba premium you just have this little fridge of avian and someone would just oh yes pop out just use the avian to flush it for you exactly dictator yes. mode right there you go yeah, so that's that's Puber that's Puber Dictator. Puber Dictator. Puber Dictator, yeah. You get it flushed down with Avion. Um, yeah, so then Puber Pool, you know, like I mean, you're probably thinking, what, two people in the same porta potty? No. Like, that's that would be gross. That would be gross. Unless so you're Pool? unless you're unless you're going for the I guess this wouldn't be the mile high club, it'd be the mile long club. Mm. But um but no, but Puber Pool, like there's a market for people who are like have a fetish of shit, right? Yeah. So basically, if you're if you're willing to take a dump with like a glass lined bottom of the toilet while, so- <laughs> while somebody's riding underneath the glass looking up, it's just like Uber pool, but you know, with you know, with feces. Now the best part of that is SoftBank were one of the largest backers of the original Uber. And my understanding of this particular fetish is it is quite popular in Japan. I'm sure also Germany. Germany, yes. But they are not prolific <laughs> in the way that Master is. So <clears throat> we think we've got a pretty good chance of getting a Puba Paul trial at some point this summer um, in Japan. Yeah. Well, I think now that we have the now that we have the the gear, yeah. right? 
And I mean, we really, we, we talked about this before, like a few years ago, how we really want to start putting together like slide decks for businesses <laughs> like these and like sending them to SoftBank and see if we could actually get meetings and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this would have this would have gotten us a meeting at some point, right? 100%. I, I mean, as long as we talked about like scale, right? Like, oh, you know, this is it could be global and this and that. Like, Tam is on. <laughs> you know, there are there are eight billion people on the planet, and they take on average one point five shits per day. How many how many potential Puba rides is that? That's twelve billion potential Puba rides per day. <laughs> I mean, dude, that's, you know, like so, nothing is more scalable. But but I got to say, I genuinely, of all the cities in the world, I think this would be best. I think New York City. It's like New York City, you're going around, you're doing like a bunch of LP meetings. You like rush from place to place. Nowhere nice to go and take shit. I feel like probably most of those five-star hotels, probably 50% of the use case for them is people just walking in to take a shit between meetings. Oh, oh, totally. Because you don't want to just like pitch some, well, okay. You don't want to pitch somebody and be like, oh, can I use your restroom? And then you're in there like taking a shit when they come out, you know, like they're going to the bathroom to take a piss. It's like just awkward. And you definitely don't want to take a shit before you pitch them. Right. Because, you know, then you're thinking they might be thinking about you taking a shit, you know, like <laughs> did you wash your hands and, you know, all that stuff. So you know, especially when you go to pitch guys now like you have to take fucking covid tests in the lobby right. of, of some of these places so like it's a it's a thing so like puber definitely if you're out there trying to raise money i mean it would be an essential element i mean it's like you know you need powerpoint and you need puber if you want to raise money <laughs> you heard it here folks um all right so what's this next item sneer burger close this next Sh item Shabbat burger. Shabbat burger. <laughs> this next item is very, very important. This might be the most pure form of alpha known to market. So many years ago, there was a fund manager called Neil Woodford. And he was a phenomenal... Cue the funeral music. <laughs> he was a phenomenal contraindicator. Now... For those of you who don't know, a contraindicator is someone who is reliably always wrong, okay? So Neil Woodford was this pretty well-known English fund manager who kind of pivoted from dividendy, boring stuff into biotech. And I think everything he touched in biotech was like a total fucking laughable sham. So on Friday night, um, Another short seller, um, Keir Canlon of, of Scorpion, had uh, kind of had like a little exchange with this uh, this short seller who um, his his handle is with um, a short seller. He's not. A, I mean, well, <clears throat> okay, all right, minute. fine. I just want to make sure you didn't yeah. accidentally so, say the word short seller twice. Right. So um, his handle is at Biohazard three seven three seven. He is the sheep of Wall Street and. You know, I'm not which, which I thought that was clever when I first saw it the yeah, first time. Yeah, and that's the only time, having met this person in real life, that I think anything he does is clever. Um, but this is not personal. This is about alpha boys and girls, okay? So um, if we just look at some choice tweets, there is one from the 6th of October. I'm a former short seller, so that's a contraindicator. So, so 6th, 6th of October, 2022. 2021. 2021, okay. I'm a former short seller. But it's really hard to respect the work of Scorpion. I'll spare you dissecting the full report. I'll just focus on the first few slides, which are usually the best material the short report was able to uncover. At the core of the report is the fact that a historically large share of the company's revenue has been from related parties. That is a well-known fact and central to the company's business model. Now the inside baseball is this guy was actually long and I think he got long when the thing was private. This was a Kathy Wood, uh, I can't remember which SPAC promoter took it public, but she bought it. But there's a also, a, I think like Viking was in this thing, Viking right? was in this, yeah. yeah. Um, Pre-IPO. And it, it was like all these Viking funded right. companies that were its entire source of revenue. So okay. it's basically just like round tripping revenue. We're not gonna dissect the, uh, Entire short report, stock price on the day of the, t the tweet, 10.59. Stock price today at filming, $1.33. 
Ooh, Oops. That's more than 90%. But what's more troubling to me is when it comes to European IPOs. Now, some people might think that it's douchey to tweet about the cars you own. We covered that fairly oh, extensively yes. the other week with um, Mr. Fraser Paring. But I want to point people to- No, Mr. no, no, no. Cars you rent are not the same as cars you own. <laughs> That's very fair. That's fair. Um, so here we are. This was from December 5th, 22. My 22 Turbo S has been on a lot for two and a half months now. The dealership made professional photos now. The luxury car market has imploded. Four months ago, there was literally no Porsche inventory anywhere. Hmm. So knowing that, why would you have tweeted a few months earlier? I'm shorting this Porsche IPO. The stock will likely never trade here again after the banks stop supporting it. So that was on September 30th when the stock was at 82 and uh, 26 euro cents. Today, the stock is at 115 spot three. I think generally speaking, you're hard pushed to find stocks that are up that much during that period of time. Now, great alpha. It's great alpha. And again, that's the point I'm making. This is not personal. It's about the alpha. So this further extends to his ability to find interesting funds. Read this and the SEC complaint. Emerging hedge fund, EIA, exposed as a total Ponzi. Having spoken to Andrew and some other people working for him on multiple occasions, I'm truly shocked. So stay the fuck away from any funds he thinks are interesting. But this would not be complete were it for the fact that he has actually taken his hand at being a public company CEO for a little bit of time. Now we have the misfortune of owning this stock. It's the only IPO <laughs> stock we have ever bought. So is this piece of total fucking shit. So if you are watching this and you're looking at IPOs, the question asking yourself in things that are structurally designed to go up, are we investing in it or is he the CEO? So I think we got in at the IPO price of seven. And I think the stock, when it does trade, which is usually eight shares, and sometimes I wish it was more so we could get out. Um, <laughs> it's, it's. I think we've had a standing sell order for like, you know, eight months. <laughs> yeah, some, sometimes you might be like, oh, Freddie, the stock's trading. I'm like, wow, great, let's sell some. <laughs> so um, anyway, Biohazard, um, if you are watching this or someone- Well, well hang on, hang on. I, so I want to point out though, because there was a little exchange this past Friday, yes. right, between Kier and Biohazard, where Kier, I think, pointed out some of the uh, extreme prescience of his uh, previous mm -hmm. pronouncements. And anyway, the the whole Nebulo thing came up, mm -hmm. the company that he was CEO of, and um, and you know, Biohazard said, like, hey. I paid myself minimum wage, okay? I paid myself seven, like 15 an hour. I'm like, well, it's kind of funny, you know, because that was like about the IPO price, what we paid. Did you adjust your hourly wage down as the stock went into the fucking toilet? That, I'm, I'm that really, point. yeah, like I'd, I'd love an answer on that. I mean, I suspect not. Which... Three still being larger than the number of press releases that uh, they issued since the company went public, I think. <laughs> is that serious? Maybe slightly more. It yeah. might be slight. It's definitely not seven. And the, the reality is, it seems like they actually have a real drug. I but, know. That's the worst part. But about it's like, it. you know, no press releases. Yeah. You know, this dude we're just talking about is always out there. Like those tweets about here, you know, Scorpion Capital and DNA. Like he was doing that while he was CEO of the company. Right. And he never, ever fucking tweeted about the company. It was like the most annoying. I mean, so, so if like people want to understand like why, why the vitriol here, it's because he always fucked around on Twitter talking about other companies and I think almost never yeah. tweeted about his own company. Meanwhile, we're all sitting there stuck in this complete piece of shit IPO, <laughs> which is like one of the only IPOs that like sucked absolute turkey fucking ass during that period of time, right? Like I think it went public in 2019. 
Like, how the fuck do we uh, lose no, money on that? We, I think we might have gone public in like, twenty. I don't know. It went public in a point where it was impossible. Like, like everything was going go right. Everything was going point. up, right? Like, um, you know. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. I mean, part of it might be like, well, we're not the contra indicators. We're just the indicators, right? So if we're in <laughs> something, it's going down no matter what. So yeah, yeah. just that's true. Except With in mining. That's true. We're good on that shit. Uh, Anthony's going to make us beep that bit out. Damn it. Self-promotion. Hey, Anthony, if you're thinking about that, just remember Cuppy's GC, okay? You got to look over your shoulder there. Uh, so, from us being trapped in an IPO, Krista, what have we got next? I mean, do you want to go to order or do you want to talk about Mark Mobius? You're the point guard here. Yeah. You and his the money dish. being trapped in China. You're the one who came, you wanted to talk about it, so. What did I want to say about it? I don't know, you just, you just sent that to me. No, nah, it was, it was, so it was funny. Mark Mobius gave this interview in which he said that, because he was trading the local market as in China, which that's what this guy does. He trades a lot of yeah. obscure markets, although the mainland market's not nearly as obscure as it once was. But yeah, he said that, uh, he was trying to get his cash, um, the, the collateral, HSBC? out of HSBC, and they were basically making it impossible to do that. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Now, I think the latest update is after he gave the interview, I think he's been able to get the cash out. As um, long as he comes and gets it personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, it, it turns but, out that's what the China Renaissance um, banker was was helping with. That was the inquiry. Balfan. Yeah. 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 So just another... Yeah, just another signpost that, you know, like, why the fuck, you know, aren't there lots of better places to put your money than mainland China, Vietnam? You know, to be fair, Mobius's problem is so elevated compared to most fund managers who have gone invested there and they've just like cleaned them out without even the semblance of like, oh, my money's stuck. It's like, nah, we just took it. So anyways, well, that did kind of remind me of the... Uh, the scam with the porcelain antiquities, right? Where banks would fund people to go and... Um, right, there was a, right, there was a program where banks were supposed to make these non-recourse loans <laughs> to people who were buying Chinese antiquities from overseas and repatriating them to, the, uh, to China. And so, of course, the, it took like, you know, two seconds for a bunch of princelings to figure out this scam of they would basically get these... You know, these fake antiquities um, that were just being pumped out of some factory in like southern China and, you know, borrow, you know, all this money claiming that this is a real antiquity. And again, it's non-recourse. So then they would just like stiff the bank on the loan and the bank repossesses the collateral, <laughs> some like knockoff fucking, you know, Ming vase or something. So, uh, so yeah, that, that one, you know, was, I mean, that must have been intended from the get-go to be like another, you know, like a self-enrichment scheme. For the uh, for the princelings, um, no, actually though we uh, you know, we should not have gone in order though because I think if we go back onto the Schneeberger biohazard, you know, great investors of our time theme, um, and I say that sarcastically, Mark Mobius would be considered a great investor in mm -hmm. emerging frontier markets. But so to go from that to um, come on the last. No, 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 no. I don't know anything the, about the Brendan Long or Schlong. Is there, it Brendan that's a, Schlong? It is now. It is now. No, what is it? So there is a... Of course, a, I Googled Brendan Long. <laughs> wait, did you Google Brendan Long or Brendan Schlong? No, Long. Okay. Well, I mean, that's not and, the world's rarest yeah. name. I know. I was like, God, these guys give me nothing. Yeah, so... Okay, so you, you talk about it. I'm going to try to yeah, find the actual so it, thing so I can So there it. is um, there's a company we've been short um, in Europe. Uh, we have publicly disclosed. Um, in the UK. In the UK um, called Pantheon. Um, it was an egregiously obvious oil and gas scam. It was so egregiously obvious that I could figure it out. Um, so that's a really low bar for an oil and gas scam. And, and so I have it here. Okay. Yep. All right. So this guy, so we, so we shorted it at about like, you know, a pound a share. Yeah, about right? a pound. And then on December 31st, then 
clearly hoping that nobody would notice, they published some actual drilling results and they pulled up a bunch of fucking sand and no oil. So the stock on December 31st, the last trading day of the year, dropped about 50%. Right. So, you know, and that that was nice, actually. It was a great way to end the year. Hmm. Um, and then, and, you know, over the course of this year, especially with a lot of the dog shit that ripped, this thing came back some. And... Uh, so Brendan Schlong of um, what, what's the what's the W H Island? And it's W-H funny because we Island. have a convenient kind of like a CVS type thing called W H Smith. <laughs> so it's the only thing I can think of with W H at the start. I actually just imagine like Brendan behind the equivalent of like what you they, they have them at the airport as well. And I think this might be a good career for Brendan after. But anyway, he um, he put out this research note right. Right. So he uh, so in this research note from just a couple of weeks ago, wrote financial media has reported Pantheon Resources has been shorted by muddy waters. We believe that as a rule, shorting early stage exploration and appraisal stocks is a fool's endeavor and not something that is often done by investors with experience in the sector. <laughs> Admittedly, most U.S. oil and gas investors have really had limited recent exposure to old fashioned oil and gas companies. <laughs> as they have been preoccupied with the shale oil boom. It will be interesting to see how this evolves. Spoiler alert, it evolved very well for us. Um, (laughs) We would definitely sleep better at night being long Pantheon and accepting the inherent uncertainty of early stage appraisal projects than having a short position on the name. Pantheon Resources undeniably has some of the best early stage appraisal assets to emerge out of North America in recent decades. (laughs) I mean, so basically... Then some more results came out. This is Tuesday. This is a Tuesday. Some more yep. results came out yesterday. So yesterday the stock closed down forty percent, and today it closed down another twenty percent. Mm. Um, so, um, Brendan Schlong, I I don't know what to say. I mean, <laughs> are you really sure you would have rather been on the long side of this one? Um, uh-huh. Like P.S. Like we we closed out, right. you know, like today, and it's not. You know the things. The, the thing probably goes to zero at some point. It's not yeah, that we. They need to raise it's not that we of, don't think that. Yeah, they they need to raise a bunch of capital mm-hmm. to keep pulling sand up. Um, so. Um, but but the thing is, I mean, like, good chance we re-enter because yeah. the people. I mean, we never talked about the stock publicly before. Like, this is the first any comment that we're making at all. And as soon as we were publicly disclosed mm-hmm. in the UK. It's like on Twitter, just all these tinfoil hat, like, idiots just go nuts. <laughs> and so anyway, here's, but this is, this probably exemplifies, like, the current thinking of, of this, this crew here. So this guy tweeted earlier today, my silence yesterday on arguably disappointing news, <laughs> more sand than oil yet again, was, was so that I could process my own thoughts without the noise from social media. As a contrarian investor, (laughs) bag holder, I've always mentioned that, one, please do your own due diligence, legal disclaimer, and two, I don't get paid for this. I'm just sharing what I'm doing with my own dollars. The nature of many of my winning trades is taking ideas where consensus is extremely negative. K-Web, March 2022 and October 2022. So like, just for those of you who don't know, K-Web is an index Chinese internet companies, whereas this is a single fucking company, <laughs> um, or AR when gas looked like it was going to zero in Feb 20. I'm not sure what AR is. Do you, you know what that no is? No idea. Um, or even recently, I wonder if Schlong knows what AR is. Rig when some folks called me charlatans and <laughs> no, really, and that it would be filing chapter any day. By the very nature of my investing, you are going to have going to get some ideas wrong and i have no problem i'm saying saying i'm wrong eg asps which i mentioned i got out at a small loss beginning january 23 if i felt that was the case here with panner it's it's okay this Mm -hmm. is getting weird but many of my big winning trades like da 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 went down came back blah 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 and in today's proactive video management discussion, seems that they can test with small $5 million program, blah, blah, blah. So, so he's going on and then basically saying that he's, he's not going to sell here. And, and, like his, and so there are people who think, who think he just articulated an actual cogent thesis. 
Um, and it's, it's kind of crazy. Like the, you know, some of the replies. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing and always keeping it classy. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, first of all, I really appreciate that you took your time to update your perspective. <laughs> I mean, Jeez. just, I was surprised to see how many people come, came out of the woodworks to dunk on you. Nobody has a 100% batting average and Panner needs to be put in context with your other trades. I mean, there, there's just so many, there's just so many about this whole thing. There's so many who just come out and like pat this dude on the back and he has said absolutely nothing of substance other than, you know, he claims to have gotten like K Webb right. And I mean, dude, it's just, but you know, who got this cool, right? Like, it's just really painful. right. Besides um, us. Yeah. It's actually to be fair, like John Hampton. Been yes. Hampton. This thing. Yeah. Hampton was in there like trolling back at the trolling sky. back. It was really funny. And, um, I got handed to the management. I mean, they dumped about 5 million pounds worth of stock or maybe it was dollars. Um, just a few short weeks before the uh, before the December 30, 31st uh, puke. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. I'm sure that was known, with ab- like, sure that was with absolutely no visibility into what they would be saying on December thirty first. Yeah. So um, so anyway, Brendan, um, I did see you studied uh, oil and gas at UT. So if you're coming back to really? Alamada, yeah, and really. You'd, uh, and you'd like just the crash course in how not to be long frauds in oil and gas because it's so fucking obvious, I can probably help you. So that's cool. Like, because, you know, often with, you know, really, really sharp sell side analysts like that who, um, you know, try to dunk on us, um, you know, we often send them post facto, like a holiday present. Mm-hmm. You know, it's usually a dildo. Sometimes it's painted gold if they're gold analysts. Yeah. And, but, you know, in this case, I'm thinking like a dildo, we roll around in Elmer's glue and then roll around in sand. Nice idea. And, oh. but he can come here and pick it up. Like we don't even have to figure yeah. out where to send it to him. Cause that's been one of the hard things in the work from He's home environment. It's like, are these guys really getting yeah. the dildos and like, things like you that? Know, the look on their face. We just don't. Yeah. So Brendan, please let us know, like, you know, when you're, back here for a game or something like that um and yeah like you know show show up we'll give you you know the dildo some sandpaper yeah um the brandon schlong award for outstanding contribution to resource equity research Yeah, yeah exactly so uh well done yeah absolutely cool okay what's up next krista um should we talk about porn bombing? No, it was supposed to be Fed Kardashians. Okay, Fed Kardashians. But people right. are not going to know what that means. Well, that's that's like you, you know, kind so, of teeing this up for me to, you know, explain it. Oh, Too late. Oh, I fucked it up. Yeah, dude. That's, uh, <laughs> you've taken all the fun out of this one. Um, Sorry. Well, on our last edition, um, we were, you know, one of the topics you read off the board was, Will the Fed just stiffu? STFU, shut <laughs> the fuck up. Is that the last up. one? Yeah, the stiffu yes. episode. Yes, the stiffu, which was also AI Shabbat with Al Shabab episode. So, thanks um, for bringing that up. I'm, I mean, yeah. I've been trying to forget it. And yet, you leave your glasses on the table there. You're not wearing them now. So, anyway, we're, you know, I was bitching about. These what else is these now? assholes at the Fed, right? And how they all want to be influencers now, like you know, like they're a Kardashian, and and they want to get out there and move markets. And just today, right? This is Tuesday. Um, Powell testified at Congress. To be fair, he does have to testify. No, like, but he... no, but no, but this is something where Greenspan, like they always talk about, inscrutable as always. You know, Greenspan gave his congressional testimony. He was wearing depends. <laughs> uh, look, man. The, the old way of the Fed, you know, if they're going to raise 75 bips, then then let them raise 75 bips and the market adjusts afterwards. Instead, so he's saying, well, maybe we'll raise 75 bips and maybe, you know, we'll have to make the pace of hikes faster. And, you know, like, what is the fucking point of saying that now? Yeah. Because the next asshole is going to come out, you know, within two days and be like, well, I think we should only do 25 bips. Yeah, but and the we, market's going to go the other way. Then, that'll be okay. <laughs> so, so basically, this has become, you know, so I... I mean, one of the things that just in in finance has burned my ass for some years is the reality, and I think I said this on the last episode, that the most important part of 
equities, of running equity money, has been guessing what the government will do, right? Like guessing what the Fed will do. So when you're guessing what the government's going to do, like it's not a market. Okay, so we've had that element. But now we have this, you know, like all of these Fed governors and you're trying to basically become these Kardashian type influencers and competing to whipsaw markets. And so that's what I was pointing out on the last episode. And I'm, you know, like, shut the fuck up. Well, somebody actually figured out how to make it happen. And it was brilliant. So um, one of the governors, he's not on the open markets committee, but he was supposed to give a speech, I think, last Thursday. And it was over Zoom. And it was to some, like, mid-sized banking association. And they had to cancel his speech because somebody got access to the Zoom and started showing porn. <laughs> there, were, there was over like 200 participants. Yeah, and they had to cancel the guy's speech so he couldn't fuck the markets up because there was some porn going you know, on. No, you know what I think really happened? I don't think it was someone got in and hacked. I think it was someone from the SEC got on. And because you know how during the financial crisis, oh, it yes. turns out they were watching so much porn this is like the closest thing we've had to financial crisis because like equity <laughs> markets had a down year last year. They're in like deep financial crisis mode. He forgot he was screen sharing and he just got all the porn blaring in the background. So I think it was just the SEC logging in. Yeah, that's true. And like the, you know, Mosaic browser from 1998 probably doesn't have, yeah, the SEC is still running, I'm sure, probably doesn't have like right. those you know, anti-porn tools or anything like that. So, yeah, that would, it, it definitely could be SEC. Or like it probably is somebody at the Fed. I mean, do you but think- it's not easy do you think, now. Do you think all of this bankers don't- Wait a minute, <laughs> what's not easy now? I meant like to even to watch porn and not that I watch porn. Oh, let me go. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm just saying like, you know when I have to even like buy one of our like, you know, great gifts that we give out. And and like I, I can't even you can buy go on a dildo. Amazon and get it those. is so hard. You have no so, idea. So actually, like, to go I, to the, these websites so, now. I'm not so, kidding. So I was at this event. Do you know last, what I'm talking about? I was at this event last <laughs> week, and there's a guy there. He's like, you know, <laughs> there was a guy there. Who's, no, look out. Who's, a really you know, serious guy. It was like Freddie's version of middle aged, right? It's like that. <laughs> Freddie's age. We'll discuss and, that in a minute. Okay. Okay. I'll have to like, you know, remove mm -hmm. the, the, the pooper here to, if you really want to get in that. So, yeah, we have to. so anyway, um, this guy, very, very, very famous last name. You know, if you're, if you know uh, anything about finance, you have known this guy's name, right? So anyway, and he's married to some, a very famous heiress who's like, you know, a smoke show. So at this thing, he just starts talking about. hotel heiress? Maybe. She's, she's a smoke show. So so anyway, um, he starts talking about why you need to get Oculus because it's great for porn, especially fetish porn. And he's saying this stuff out loud. And so, you know, like, it's respect, man. You Is know? it true that he said that? It's true he said that. I don't know whether it's actually great for porn or fetish porn. Mm. Oh, that's what I want to know. I haven't, you know, like... I have no interest in buying an Oculus. I mean, that made it slightly more interesting, but uh, <laughs> but still, like, I just, nah. Yeah. I'd be afraid that if I left the Oculus around, my kids would not watch the porn, but instead they'd play video games and ruin their lives. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, you did listen to one interesting talk on the topic of social media, and I, I thought that... The question you asked and the guy's response was actually pretty interesting. Okay, yeah. So that that that's a good point. So somebody gets up there. He's, I mean, as this is at the event that you went to. So right? at the event, yeah, yeah. he's as respected a VC as there are. Like you know, OG kind of guy. Like all these other billionaire Do VC you know guys. Him or are you just listening to him? No, I was just listening okay. to him. Like, look up to him. Yeah. So he, he's been early in so many trends, including social media. And and he's still very involved. So anyway, he, he gives, his, gives his talk and talks about a little bit about some of the social media companies he'd been involved in. And um, at the end, I ask him, that, I ask specifically, do you think that social media can ever be made... Um, safe especially for teenagers if so how 
a lot of words came out of his mouth, but they all basically meant one thing. No. It was it was telling. And he's like, well, I still own, you know, blank percent of, you know, blank Whatever, right. massive social media company. And <laughs> uh, I think what you need is a, a real diversity of viewpoints in the C-suite. <laughs> you know, but, be, <laughs> you know, so like. No, like don't. Basically, no. No, it can't be. And and you know, and it, and I was I was really I was actually in a way gratified by that because, you know, I I went home and I told my my nine year old son this, and you know, like I will always remind him of this. But it's like, listen, if anybody understands what you know what this stuff is and how it works, this guy does. All right, and so when he's saying it cannot be made safe. Just know you are not getting a fucking smartphone until like, you know, every single other kid you know has gotten a smartphone. You know what he was thinking? Hey, douchebag, why are you a short seller? Why weren't you early investing in those three companies? Like, fuck, we wouldn't be having this conversation in my house. We'd be having it in my jet. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you true, know yeah. how evil this shit is? Why aren't you long all of it? God. Yeah, no, that's, that's very true. Yeah. Um, Anyways, um, more progress has been made at MW this week, right, Krista? We're, con- yeah. we're constantly improving. We're constantly evolving, testing out new Wait. technologies. Are you talking about progress regarding the recharge at MWC? Or- yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so fill me in a little bit because I don't know. what What's the progress? What's been... So it turns out that the thing I went to the other week, um, where I just had my photo taken, was actually my whole driving test. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, no, honestly, I think the guy was like, this guy is that fucking handsome. We need to get this guy on the road. I mean, it's oh, the accent, God. right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Look at him. He looks like he can drive. He looks like fucking, you know, Whoa. need to get him on the road. Hopefully, he's got a convertible and you can so- get the wind through his hair. Wait I have not. My, my wife messaged me. She's like, oh, your driver's license. Time what do you on. think would happen if you like drove in a convertible with the top down, that hair? You know, if you don't have the wind protector thing, I think it'll go. I don't even really. Into, I guess it. Oh, he has. Yeah, it going. must go like forward and like. What's that? <laughs> it's like this high. Oh. Yeah. You, yeah I would mean, you be like a sheepdog and barely able to see or? It's a good question. Uh, possibly. Uh but I'm confused because I thought you told us last time you were getting your you your permit. Which no, I was that's like, that's I what that I thought. That was just for young that boys. Is, that, <laughs> that is <laughs> what I thought. Teens. And a driver's license. That turn and up, uh, confession. Yeah. So, in the words of uh, <laughs> in the words of Borat Sagdiev, uh, I am no longer retard, physic, and mental. Um, so that's that's good news. Did it come today? And we, like, and, we also, and we also found out that for, for a guy who can't swim, there's inspiration out there. There is. I, I came across an article a few days ago. Um, Chris Rock learned to swim at 55 years of age. Yeah. Because he had this mansion in Alpine, New Jersey, and it had a swimming pool. And, you know, eventually, I guess he was like, I, need, I should learn. Right. So, so there, there's hope for, uh, for a guy there. I don't know about the bike riding thing. I mean, that one. Yeah, the bike riding thing. And not only, it's not just one person who doesn't know, it's two adult males at MWC. Oh, that's true. What? Who don't know how to swim or? No, no, it's one. Don't know how to bike. Yeah. (laughs) Really? Yes. There are two? Yes. So if you are thinking of applying for a job Come at Muddy there's Waters, not that many please clearly like, list like, your disabilities. No, 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 I your and you're like looking at it no, like, I, is no, it Freddie? No, <laughs> no I, knew that, I knew there was one guy who doesn't know how to bike. Should I not say bite. anything? Because it's Freddie right here. Is, just, the, uh, is, is this the, the pr- proponent of no deodorant who also so doesn't know how to ride a bike? No. No? Okay. These guys. Can you give me another clue or a clue? Yeah, RGC. I was gonna say that, uh, but then I was I didn't. Well, there's I not am. that many employees. Like you just well, look at the org chart. He's looking I at mean, me. obviously you're Scott. No, I'm right bike. No, I, I was I was looking at you for yeah. like inspiration, like a, a hint. I, yeah. I didn't know this. I just I had no idea we were this retarded of an organization. Truly, Jesus Christ. We are. I don't. I, it's got our DEI score up pretty high though. 
I don't know. They're not, you know, like we need to convince like ESG, you know, minded allocators that these are important ESG categories too. Like hiring people who couldn't get to work if they were required to ride a bike <laughs> or swim, things like that. Yeah. Um, Anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, That's unbelievable. Yeah, this is good. So you've been, uh, you've been clutching this. Clutching this fine book because I've never seen it before. And um, do you want to talk to me about this a little bit or our, our viewers? I mean, I you mean, know who is... Ali G is, right? Yeah, but I like, when did you get this book? Uh, we ordered that in the Borat book a few months ago, but um, it just got kind of buried under. I really under love shit. it. I, I never knew that this existed. And I think what's great about. Oh, really? The, I thought you so got I, this know, I, I knew no. about the Ali G no, book. But I thought you got But this I never book. knew about the Borat book because what I love is in the context of all these. Um, these novels that are being reprinted in like woke fashion. And, oh, and by the way, like the most recent James Bond was mm. so like contorted to be woke. It was just painful to watch. Yeah. So, so God it's only, good they killed him off at the end as a result. Right, exactly. Like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to the woke version of Mein Kampf being out soon. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's serious. It's just gotten like ridiculous. So in the context of all these books being rewritten, these are hardcore anti-woke. Like these, these are really hardcore anti-woke. I am surprised that the publisher hasn't dropped this because it, it hasn't aged well in the context of wokeness. It's awesome. Well, yeah, but but it makes money. I mean, at least that's that's the good thing. I was going to ask you, does yeah. it make money? I mean, like Sasha Baron Cohen makes yeah. money. I mean, that's look. That's why. Guys like Chris Rock still can do specials, yeah. and et cetera, because they make money. I mean, if they couldn't, if they weren't big money makers, then you know everybody would cower before the the woke mobs. Actually, I found out, like, I found out something really interesting. I became a decent bit wiser about this whole woke thing um, last week. So I've been listening to this new podcast series. They just released episode four. It's called "The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling," and it's about how J.K. Rowling, who at one time, I mean, she was she was she was literally an abused wife. She had been on welfare as a single mother um, after leaving her abusive husband, and you know, and she and she basically had to like the crazy thing was she'd started writing the manuscript for Harry Potter um, before she met this guy, and so she was still working on it, you know, as as they're dating and during the marriage, and you know, so he and then be- she met her husband. Well, she met her husband in when she was she took a job as a teacher in Spain. She got pregnant unintentionally, and this guy pressured her into marriage, and so and he became very controlling and then actually physically abusive. And so he locked the manuscript up when he felt like she, you know when he got the inkling that she might try to leave. So she had to, she ended up figuring out like how to access it, and so she would take a few pages at a time to her job and photocopy them. And then, you know, and then put them back. Like, that's how she made sure that she had a backup of this manuscript so that she could leave this guy in Spain and return to the UK, to which, you know, like I said, she returned, you know, on welfare as a single mother. So, like, she's been through the shit, okay? Like, she's, and, you know, and she's, she's always, she's been a feminist as a result. She was born in 1965. Like, she grew up during, you know, during the feminist movement when, you know, and so this one of the things that was uh, actually explained in episode four is that the feminist movement was really about how, you know, historically when in the UK, US, etc., when women were beaten by their husbands or boyfriends, it wasn't thought of as a crime. It was just like, well, this is kind of a domestic thing. You know, the woman was nagging too much. You know, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't such a bitch. This so wouldn't the, happen. The Borat so, approach. Right. <laughs> So, so she, so, so this is, this is what shaped her. So she's always been an activist. And when she, you know, like the whole Harry Potter thing is about um, kids who, you know, feel like they're, you know, they're bullied, they're outsiders and, and they find something great within themselves and can achieve greatness. So it's very inspirational. And so she has been held up as this like kind of icon or this, Mm -hmm. you know, this uh, by, by the left. Until a couple of years ago. Yeah, what, I when, don't even know what's, so, what's so, the witch hunt. What's, so what happened a couple of years ago was she she tweeted, and I think she said publicly, that biological sex 
you know, is mat biological sex matters. That you know, you might identify as a woman or man, but biologically, you know, you are what you're born or how you're born. Uh-huh. And so immediately, <laughs> like I mean, the the masses turn on her. And so what what I what I learned, and this is a very interesting series to listen to, just just in general. But in episode three. It goes through the history of how, you know, of how this like really toxic culture, the cultures, let's call it the activist left and just the shitbag right, how they how they came to be. And so if you go back before 2010, um, the activist left, all this stuff was on Tumblr. And so the way that it was explained in, in this episode three is that Tumblr was this younger crowd and people you know, would kind of live these fantasy personas on Tumblr where, you know, like I, you know, where they would say that they're an animal or something like that. And and it was like a very niche kind of, um, it was was a very niche kind of, you know, uh, audience for that. And meanwhile, on the right, you had 4chan and like these dudes Mm -hmm. are just fucking just, you know, this is like the angry incel crowd, like mm-hmm. that, you know, that a lot of them turn into school shooters and shit. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, when this, ble- what caused this to bleed over, and what was kind of ironic, J.K. Rowling talked about how even before that in like the early aughts, she decided like she set up a pseudonymous um, personality and she went into um, some of these like Harry Potter forums and like, you know, so she's not saying like I'm J.K. Rowling. Right. And she's like, you know, she would, when they, there were these discussions and she'd make these comments and like people would turn on her and bully her fucking hard. You, you obviously know nothing about the books, da, 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 da. And so she was just like, wow, like online really enables people to be just super nasty. And, you know, and this bullying that she, you know, she's thinking to herself at the time, like this is completely antithetical to the themes of Harry Potter, like the acceptance and inclusion. So she... You know, whatever. So, like, this is something that she'd realized in the early aughts. And anyway, so then you get this this Tumblr culture. Actually, this is post-GFC. But I guess what happened that caused Tumblr culture to bleed, bleed over was somebody started either on Tumblr or um, just, you know, website, uh, something called your fave is not, or your fave is problematic. So the word problematic had been big on Tumblr culture. Like all these people like saying, this is problematic, that's problematic. But again, it was like 50,000 people kind of paying attention to this. But your fave is problematic was basically, the, the, the woman who set this up, she'd look at something that like a celebrity was into, like Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, with like young women or something like that and call them out. And why, if he was dating someone over the age of 25, he'd be called out and he'd be like, shit, I'm being called out by the time. But exactly. So, so anyway, this, and this is when it became just really mainstream, like Twitter, like that kind of, you know, mixed with the Twitter crowds. And then all of a sudden this whole, you would get the social currency for shouting down people who are into something or espouse something that's quote problematic. And that's, you know, and that's how that apparently grew. And then, you know, you just had the 4chan shit growing. And obviously, you know, the I mean, the Trump years really uncorked, you know, more of that as well. But um, but yeah, anyway, so J.K. Rowling, this is what it's getting to, um, you know, here in episode four, which I li- just listened to earlier how today. How many episodes are there? So far, just four. Um, I'm not sure how many there will be in total. But but so the, you know, so she was saying, OK, so what I'm witnessing here is that um, so they, they talked about this thing called TERF, T-E-R-F. So that's... Uh, Trans exclusionary, uh, rev, uh, revolutionary feminist, or not revolutionary, oh, uh, something goodness. like that. So, so anyway, redhead. <laughs> so, so basically, these the so so basically, like feminists, you know, have been feeling like this idea that well, if you're saying that hey, you just feel like a woman, and you put you know like trans women into prisons with women, and you know women get raped and things like that, like or. You know, you feel like you're a woman and you, you get to complete and co- compete in college sports against, you know, biological women like that doesn't seem right. And so the, the activists left, like, you know, started calling them TERFs. Um, so anyhow, oh J.K. God. Rowling is like, all right, I'm seeing women getting shouted down. I'm seeing that, you know, this is this is authoritarian authoritarianism if I've ever seen it. And I felt like there are so many I've, I saw all these women, you know, who like lost their jobs 
you know, lost their publishing contracts because they've spoken out on this issue. And here I am, I'm somebody who can speak out on it. And she's like, so I took no pleasure at all. I knew this was going to go badly. And I waded into the, the whole thing by, you know, basically saying what I've said. And so, yeah. And so, of course, everybody turned on her. And but it, but so it's also interesting because she used to be, you know, thought of as a demon by the religious right. I mean, they were big on banning her books in the '90s because of like witchcraft and this yeah. and that. So, um, so anyway, but it's it's really, but but just seeing Where how this like whole culture now? came like, from. I don't even know, like, like she, what's about her likability, like what. Well, I mean, one one of her quotes that they I think they played in I don't know if it was episode one, but. It's, um, you know, all these people are saying that by my speaking out on this, I've damaged my legacy. And I think her exact quote was, if you think that I'm concerned about damaging my legacy, then you could not have misunderstood me more. Mm -hmm. So like, look, man, I mean, you know, I'm sure she has her flaws as a person, but I mean, fucking hats off to her. But, but anyway, this is really interesting listening to that. Just, you know, if you're going to pick one episode out of these four so far, Episode three, talking about how we got, you know, just this like wokeism versus the, you know, just the extreme toxin from like the 4chan far right and and how that's basically polluted our, you know, offline culture uh, to the extent that it has. Hmm. Super interesting. What about t- Tumblr was, uh, was like privately ask- separately owned? Because, I mean, I, all I'm thinking is it was a shit social media platform. Right. I bet Rupert Murdoch bought it. <laughs> but I, um, I don't know if Brandon Schlong might own some stock in it. <laughs> yeah. Tumblr, whatever Tumblr. happened? No, I, I really feel like it was bought by Rupert Murdoch. It, it's the sort of thing he would do, right? right? Like bundle it with MySpace, <laughs> the, the killer app. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, cool. Well, that's it. It's a good note to end on. Signing off. All right. What? Anyway, nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> You're not quite Thanks at the for- bottom of the glass. Let's <laughs> let's get there and then and then do it. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. <laughs>